Well, come Holy Spirit, Jesus, I just welcome you in this place. I welcome you to interrupt and have your way, Lord. In this time, in this message, uh, Lord, in, in the people's lives watching at home right now, God, I thank you that you would interrupt and that you would just wash over them with your word. God, let these words just glorify you in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited. It's a new day. It's a new week. It's a new month, which means it's a new series. Increase. Increase series. You're probably like, ah, another one-word series. It's good, though, and it means more than just meaning more. If you've been around our church for the past year, whether online, uh, some people in person, if you've just simply been in our building and been out in the lobby area, you've seen the t-shirts that say increase on all the chairs right now. There's wristbands. I'm wearing one that says increase on it. It's been a big word in our church for the past year, but honestly, I believe for the whole time we've been a church plant. Some of you may not know, but right now I'm standing in our own building. Like how awesome is this? I'm in our own building. If you didn't know, we started out in a hotel, in a ballroom, and before that, we were at another hotel, in kind of a ballroom, and their heat was broken. So it was interesting. It was good times. But, but imagine this, like, if I want to have youth group, not at the church, why? We have the broom rented for one day. Uh, everything you see on stage right now was set up and tear down every week. Kingdom Kids, set up, tear down every single week. Now we're in our own building. You know what I like to call that? I call that increase. Increase. Maybe you didn't know this, but for the past year, we've been doing live teachings every single week. Beforehand, we were live streaming. I call that increase. You know, a year ago, as a church, as a Bloomington Normal Vineyard, we were gearing up. We were ready for our first ever conference we were doing right here in this building. Say it at home. It's an increase. That's right. You said it. I hope you did. You better have. But I know I was excited for this conference. We have an amazing worship team. We have an amazing Ministry team, we're going to pour out into the community to all the people who are going to come in. I'm excited just to get to bless the community. We got the uh, big name speaker. I mean, you know, what, what's a conference if you don't got the big name speakers? You know what I'm saying, right? And it's exciting. The one thing we didn't have was a name. That's, yeah, we needed a name. And so Adam and Corey, they're going back and forth and 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 back and forth. I say that fast. It's hard. But they're shooting names at each other. And finally it comes out. They say, yeah, how, about, how about increase? How about the increase conference? And so they run it by the staff. And yeah, how about the increase conference? And I'll speak for myself. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Whatever. It's, I just want to do the conference. I just want to do the thing. So we'll go with it. Increase. And so it was born. The increase conference. Hallelujah. Until you get a phone call about a month before the conference is supposed to happen, our speaker. Hey, actually, a little conflict in scheduling. I, I won't be able to make it. Yikes. Bummer. Decrease. Just kidding. But it does mean that there's no conference now. We don't have a conference. And, and I, I know for myself, I was kind of discouraged. Like, man, 
this was going to be awesome. We were going to have this conference. It was, it was going to pour out into the community. And it was going to be a momentum shifter for our church. I remember the Lord spoke to our staff and, and he said, Increase has never been about a conference. Increase has never been about a conference that you're doing. It's actually the season I'm walking you into. And there's a season that you're going into and the name of it is Increase. Oh, wow. Time out. But wait, I thought, I thought that the conference was going to spark the increase, and from the conference, it was going to shove us into the increase. We have to have the conference first. There has to be something to start the momentum. And the Lord said, no. It's not about a conference. And your conference isn't going to bring the increase. He said, I bring the increase. I'm the one who brings increase right here. You see, he's the God of the breakthrough, and in our church, we have been praying for a breakthrough and increase. So if he's the God of the breakthrough, why would it not make sense that he's going to break through in the area of increase? It's just who he is, and it's what he does. And I can't help but think, how much does this happen in our own walk with Christ? How much does this happen in our own walk with the Lord? You see, a lot of times we think that we have to do X, Y, and Z, and there's a magic formula, and in doing it, you'll see an increase in the presence in your life. Maybe it's, oh, if I go to church, oh, finally see an increase in the presence in, in my life, and you check it off as a checkbox, something you have to do. Are you doing it for yourself to feel good, or are you actually going to worship the Lord for who He is, to meet the Lord for who He is? How many know you can do certain things in the name of Christianity and not experience an increase in your life, an increase of the presence in your life? We've tried this way as humanity already. You see, uh, when Adam fell in the garden, when Adam fell in the garden, he brought sin into the world. And when sin came into the world, it brought death. Romans says the wages of sin is death. What's a wage? It's something you earn. It's like earning a paycheck. But, but the wages of sin is death. And it's sinning against a holy and righteous God. And in doing so, it brings condemnation. Condemnation. And, and the Lord had to establish his law. Romans chapter 3 says this, the knowledge of sin comes through the law. Well, you can't break a law if there's no law to break. So the Lord had to establish his law and say, this is my holy standard. And this, this, is, this is righteousness. This is the standard. And I'm holy and without blemish. And what sin does is it separates us from God. It separates us from God. And from that point on, sin was introduced. And every one of us, everyone watching, myself included, have fallen short. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all guilty before a holy God. If you've ever lied, if you've ever stolen, if you've ever cheated, you're guilty under the law that God established. Myself included. How can we ever be reconciled back to God? You know, in the old in the Old Testament, they had to they had to sacrifice animals. If the wages of sin is death, well, the, well, the atonement for sin they had to sacrifice animals in place. 
But, but see, it was like sacrificing. Okay, I'm going to, Lord, I'm going to be good this time. I'm going to be good this time. And then, ah, oh, I dropped the ball again. and had to sacrifice an animal. Lord, I'm going to be good this time. I'm, I promise you, here we go. I'm, I'm going to do it. You start to realize that the more you try things in your own strength, the more you can't do it. The more you try to be perfect in your own strength, to follow the law, there were 613 of them, and if you broke one, you broke all of them. The more you try to be perfect in your own strength, you realize you can't do it. You're a lawbreaker. And it results in hopelessness. Is there any hope for me that I can be reconciled back to God? If I'm a lawbreaker, you mean to tell me if I lie, it's the same as, as murder? Well, we like to compare the differences in morality. But to God, breaking the law is you broke the law. Is there any hope that can reconcile us back to a holy God? But God in his goodness came and he said, I'm not done with you yet. I'm not through with you yet. I have a way of redemption. And if we pick up in Romans chapter 5, verses 15 through 16, it says, But the gift is not like a trespass. See, the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ is a free gift, and it is not like the trespass. For if by one man's trespass the many died, how much more have the grace of God and the gift which comes through the grace of the man Jesus Christ overflowed to the many. You know what I like to call this? It's increase in life. We're going from death to life. We're going from a guilty sentence, which the wages are of is death, to life. And look what it keeps saying in verse 16. And the gift is not like the one man's sin, because from one sin came judgment, resulting in condemnation. But from many trespasses came the gift, resulting in justification. It came the gift resulting in justification. You say, what's this big word, justification? It means you're justified in standing before a holy God, knowing that you're right with him. You can think of it this way. It's just as if I haven't sinned. Your guilty verdict is wiped away. Your guilty verdict is done with. It's wiped away. It's just as if you haven't sinned. It's an increase in life. Isn't this an amazing story? Of redemption. And if the story stopped right here, God would still be great. He'd still be great. I mean, we're talking rightfully guilty in, in what we have done and trespassing against a holy God. And he looks and says, nope, you're justified. Why? Because my son died and his blood was the ultimate atonement for your sin, which means your guilty verdict is none. It's not anymore. It's done with. But the story doesn't stop here. You see, God's better than that. God's better than that. See, if he left us here, yeah, we'd be justified and standing before him as not guilty, but we'd be left unchanged. We'd be left unchanged. It'd just be the exact same as, as the Old Testament. We just don't have to slaughter an animal anymore. We'd be left unchanged. And, then, and now, now you mean to tell me, wait, Tyler, you mean to tell me, hold on, that his grace doesn't abound evermore. 
that his mercies aren't new every morning, that his blood doesn't cover a multitude of sins. No, it does. It does. But the blood of Jesus is not a recurring payment for your sins. It's not a recurring payment. It's not like, oh, I sinned again. Now I have to go back. God, wash me in the blood. Oh, I sinned again. God, I need washed in the blood. It's not a recurring payment. I don't know about you, but my Bible reads that Christ's final words on the cross are, it is finished. It's done with. It's been paid for in full. It's been paid for in full. Have you ever finished high school or finished college or finished a job? It means you're, you're done. You're not going back to high school. Unless I failed. I'm just kidding. You're not going to, you're, when you're done with high school, you're done with high school, right? I finished my job uh, as a camp counselor last summer. I, I finished, uh, I was a counselor, I was a dean, which means I was a supervisor. I loved it, but it reached a point last summer where I was like, the time has come and it is finished. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm finished. Does it mean that I'm finished with everything in my life? No. It means I'm actually prepared to move into the next stage. It means I'm prepared to move on to something new. You see, what if when it was finished, when God said it was finished, it means he's taking you to a new place. Because the law that you once were condemned under is done away with. God wants to take you to a new place. And he wants to bring an increase, not only in life, but an increase in life change. An increase in life change. This is what happens when we do baptisms. If you didn't know, this, this weekend at our church, we're doing baptism service. You can probably see this big tank in front of me, or, or you're wondering what the tarp is if I'm going camping or something. I, I'm not staying at night here in the church. It's baptism weekend. And this is what baptism symbolizes. It symbolizes a change. It symbolizes standing before your peers, standing before people in the body of Christ and saying, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. And Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 6. He talks about what baptism actually means. But not only that, he, he, also, he also affirms that you're not meant to stay in a place of justification. This is what he says in Romans 6 chapter 1. He says, what should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. He says, absolutely not. In fact, I'd like to say this is Paul's very polite and nice way of saying, no, because that would be stupid. <laughs> okay? <laughs> It'd be dumb. You mean to tell me, it, uh, should we continue in sin because we have grace and it will multiply? Absolutely not. In fact, he continues saying, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Or are you unaware that we were baptized into Christ Jesus? And baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. So we too may walk in the newness of life. I want you to catch his language here. He says, for if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death. We will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Maybe you've heard it said in, in baptism, it symbolizes dying to your old life and raising to a new one. That's beautiful symbolism, but Paul says something different. Paul actually says, you're united with Christ and the likeness of his death and the likeness of his resurrection. 
What does this mean? It means that the reality of our sin is now merged with the reality of Christ dying once and for all for it. And the reality of Christ's resurrection, conquering sin, hell, and the grave is merged with the reality of us being a new creation in Christ. We're united. We're joined with him in this. And and what Paul says about baptism further on down in Romans chapter 6, verse 22, he says it results in our sanctification. What is sanctification? How does this differ from justification? The Strong's Concordance defines sanctification as holy, consecrated, set apart. In fact, biblical scholar Trimper Longman likes to say that the term holification could be a preferable alternative to sanctification. So what does this mean? What does this mean? You see, not only does God want to justify you and just simply wipe your guilt away, but he wants to make you a new creation. But not only does he want to make you a new creation, he wants to make you sanctified. Now, if God is holy and he created us in his image, and sanctification means holy, then he's not wanting you to be a new creation. He actually desires to restore you back to your original design. He desires to restore humanity, to restore all of creation back to their original design before the fall. Holy. This is what it means for God to bring an increase of life change. It means to actually change your course of life from where you formerly were in the world in sin and to change it back to its original intent and design as holy and consecrated and purified before the Lord. So today you're presented with a choice. What I just talked about is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the true story of the Lord himself. And I want to pose a question to you. Would you be willing to pay the price and give everything that you have to follow Jesus if it meant that in exchange you got everything that he has for you? Would you be willing to give everything you have? And you may say, you may say well, everything I have isn't enough. It's not enough. It's not worth To cover the cost that he paid for me. God says it's enough. And it's enough to get in exchange everything that he has for you. Matthew verse 16, 26 says, For what benefit is it for man to gain the world but to lose his soul? Don't pass up the opportunity today. The choice is before you. Don't pass up the opportunity today to gain all of heaven rather than gain all that the earth has for you. You see, this weekend we're having three people who have confirmed and said, yes, I'm going to give all I have to Christ. And most of them are kids. They get to stand before the congregation, the body of Christ, and say, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Is this for you? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And in receiving God's free gift of salvation, you will see and receive an increase in life change in your life. Maybe this looks like for you, uh, it means getting baptized. You know, here at the church, we're doing baptisms this Sunday. It's not too late for you. I know you're watching it. You're like, well, today's Sunday. Well, you can text Adam 
Let's put the number on the screen here. You can text the number on the screen and set up an appointment. You can come in any time today. Baptism takes all of, at the most, five minutes. We'd love to baptize you. Maybe you're out of state. Maybe you have a home church and you just happen to catch us online. Talk to your pastor. Get baptized. Or maybe you don't have a church. Your tub works just fine, too. And you don't need any of us to do it. It's simply affirming, you know, I believe in Christ. And I want to be unified in his death and his resurrection. And I'm being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If that's you, get baptized in your tub. We'd love to know about it. We'd love to celebrate with you. And finally today, if you're someone who's never received Christ, and you say, this story applies to me, and I want to say yes, we want to know about this too, because we want to celebrate with you. You can text the number on the screen. You can message us on Facebook. Get all of us. We'd love to pray with you, and we'd love to celebrate with you this amazing, life-changing story of the gospel and celebrate your increase in life change. Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for everyone right now on the stream. I thank you for everyone who would rewatch it later. And Lord, I just ask right now your presence would wash over them from the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet, Jesus, that you would capture them in your presence, Lord. And I thank you for your, your son and your redemption plan for all of humanity, Lord. And I thank you that you give us the opportunity to be unified with him in the likeness of his death and resurrection. In your holy name, amen.